Ladies and gentlemen, it is your lifestyle specialist, Kenny Burns, and welcome to episode five of the TKBS Nation Conversations. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, these conversations have been life-saving to say the least, also entertaining. Um, the dream is real. And I want to set this uh, topic off uh, by saying my good friend who's joining us today, uh, Nathan, Nate Dog Monashevich, uh, inspired it. It's called Me Versus We. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, ain't about your ass. It's about everybody involved. Put your hands together for Nathan, Nate Dog Monashevich. Nate, are you there? Yep, thank you, Kelly. Keep your hands going, ladies and gentlemen, for the beautiful Kelly Ware. Kelly, are you there? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep your hands going for the beautiful Ebony, the great Burns, a.k.a. E.B.E.B. What's happening? What it do? What it do? I am um, very excited about this conversation. I literally was on Runyon Canyon with Nate Dog, and we were just updating each other on a few things. You know what I'm saying? And I think that today's conversation, me versus we is appropriate, it's timely, and it has to do with marriage and business. But I've, I, of course, want to start with the marriage. Um, I think I'm, me and you, E.B., are the only two married right currently, right now, on the conversation. So I want to start with you, E.B. You know, I think you, how long you been married, E.B.? 15 years. A round of applause. It's a whole lot of gangster shit going on in their relationship, too. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Being married 15 years is no easy feat. I think sometimes people, you know, really think, you know, when they get in these relationships that, you know, it's easy. You know that you're going to fucking suck the whole time. And I just, you know, I'm here to tell you that it ain't. And I'm sure you got a testimony or two because 15 years is a, is a, is a great accomplishment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a motherfucker. It's not for the faint of heart. Hear me? Uh, and so going to your topic, me versus we, I think it's a balance. So see, you know, a lot of couples or some couples who you can tell that are operating in the me and they're not considering their partners. And then on the flip side, you see couples who are we and it's all in their body language. Like, let me go get your car washed. It's not like I'm gonna take my shit to the car wash and your ride parked in the garage dirty, right? It's it's all about balance. Yes, we should have me time, but for the most part, we should be operating in me. Because if you go back to Genesis, you know, in the Bible, whether you believe about the Bible or not, God made woman for rib of a man. So my bone, flesh and my flesh, the woman came from the man to walk beside the man. The woman shouldn't be lead or behind the man. They walk in side by side. That's right, because God made us equal. <laughs> Kelly, where, uh, how you doing, beautiful? You look amazing, by the way. Again, I want to just tell you about your red lips. Is that orange? Is that, what is that, tangerine? <laughs> no, this is cherry red. <laughs> but how, how do you feel about this topic, me versus we? Because you've clearly, you got a beautiful son. You clearly was in a relationship that, you know, was all that in the bag of chips and then, what happened was, but talk to me. I love this me versus we. And um, as Ebony said, there is a balance, right? Um, I was married for nine and a half years. Great human, great father. He just wasn't the husband for me. And so there's nothing wrong with the fact that we had to end up splitting up. 
one of the things I can say is when I was married, I got lost in the we. I lost my individualism, my individual identity, and kind of subsumed myself into the marriage. Um, he was also a preacher, so it was that image that we had to portray. And for a short time while we were married, he was also a pastor, so I had taken on the role of first lady. And so um, there's a lot that came along with that. And so um, I had to be concerned about everything that I posted, everything that I did. So I lost my sense of self. Um, and it wasn't until I got divorced that I found my sense of self. So now going into uh, relationships now, I'm looking for the balance of maintaining my individualism, um, maintaining my agency, right? But also contributing to the balance and um, the health of the relationship together. So putting my partner before myself without losing myself. Um, and there is a very fine balance that you can um, strike there. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that maintaining your individuality is a bad thing, right? So when I go into my next marriage, because I will be married soon, um, I'm going to have my own group of friends, right? We'll, we can have our collective friends, but I'm going to have my own group of friends. We're going to go on our girls' trips. We're going to do our thing. But I'm also going to make sure that my man is well taken care of so that he leaves the house on empty. But it's coming on full. Amen. All right. All right. Ooh, ooh, violent sex. We are we are here for violent sex. We want all the smoke. Nate Dog. So my brother, we you know, and, and, and I want to actually touch back on something yep. you said momentarily, uh, Kelly. But Nate Dog, you know, we had a hell of a conversation, man. You're going through a divorce right now, and you know, the me versus we in your relationship, it just turned upside down. Where, where in relationships, and you don't have to speak specifically about yours, because your wife is going crazy right now with the stories you've been telling me, I don't want nothing to happen to you or the money. But I'm just saying, like, where, where in the relationships, or in your relationship, or in relationships in general, where does it, where does it start to go wrong? And where do you think your relationships start to, like, get less we and more me? Well, I think, first of all, um, to go back to, like, the beginnings of it, what class are you marrying into and you know it's kind of you you gotta look at it as a business like i'm old school person right so i fell in love not realizing that before you go further into the marriage you gotta go back and really figure it out like if that person never seen certain things how are they going to react they're all you know we're all humans right so if you go into something that you've never seen you're going to react a certain way than a person that's seen that right so she got thrown into a situation that i underestimated her thinking that she's going to react one way but in reality that changed her and she wanted to grow overnight and you know success doesn't happen overnight you gotta you gotta work at it so what a hundred thousand dollars to you might be you know no money but to somebody else a hundred grand is oh, i'm rich right so that's and that's where the disconnect started hold on one second you said a certain class now class i, I that that was the beginning of your, your thought and that that got me because class meaning what because I, I have an idea of what you're saying but i want everybody to understand i mean it's it's really it's, it's messed up to say that but it's finances right if you grew up with no money and you get thrown into a situation and if you didn't work for it, then it's easy, easy come, easy go. You don't really respect the money like you should. Yeah, that's where it all starts because then that person wants to evolve, right? She's in a situation to, to evolve, but there's a way of evolving. It's step by step. You can't just 
be like, okay, I want to be a Kim Kardashian. I'm going to go to the doctor and get all the plastic surgeries overnight just because now I have money. The, the problem with that is people don't realize, yeah, Kim might get all the surgeries, but she also works out. Let's not act like your, your, your ex-wife got surgeries, though. We didn't, we know she didn't get no, some, no, but, no, no. but I'm not, the life, but I'm, the lifestyle, though. Thinking is, I'm, the lifestyle, yeah. Gotcha. Um, Ebony, I mean, what do you think about when money comes into play? Like, I, I know for me, I don't appreciate money, and I don't say that disrespectfully, but I don't see, you know, where that should put me in a headspace that I have to move a certain way or I have to act a certain way because of money, right? Um, but I now, because of my partner, understand the value of having money and what you're able to do with money, right? So, Ebony, you know, how important is that in the me versus we conversation? Because on the we side, we have to be thoughtful of our significant other as we move. We can't just go spend, like Nate said, $100,000 or think that $100,000 could just go bye-bye and we build into towards something. And then with the me side, there is some time where Kenny Burns got to buy that watch. You know, he just got to buy that watch. It's something that he needs to have, that he has to have. <laughs> Evie, what you think? And then Kelly, I want you to come on, Evie. To go to that point, I believe, and this is just how we operate, um, definitely finances are a big issue in a lot of relationships, right? So before I met my husband, I was, you know, smashing this dude. I mean, wealthy. There was nothing I wanted for but I wasn't happy, right? So fast forward, I met my husband. He's very compulsive. He'll go to buy and come home and be like, I had to have this 84 inch TV. And I'm in my mind like, have you lost your damn mind? And so I'm like, okay, this is not gonna happen. So we have one bank account for house, right? So mortgage, car repairs, everything. We both have our fuck off money. So if you spend your fuck off money, you're not going to dip in the house budget, right? And that's work for us because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and eat ramen noodles because you fucking and tricking off the house money. So there had to be a distinct balance there for me. Kelly, I mean, you know, we, we've heard the horror stories. I mean, my, my brother Nate Dog going through it right now. And I'm going to let him comment after this, but... Money comes into play and it messes up everything sometimes. Why do we let that happen? Well, KB, I think it's really about mindset, right? And so for me, in the vetting stage of dating, I ask questions about money mindset. How do you see money? What is your relationship with money? Because that is what I'm going to be marrying. And so I need to make sure that we are in alignment with how we view money and how we think money should be used, right? So I view money as a resource, it's a tool. Um, it absolutely is a necessity for living, you need money, but money is not everything to me, right? So I wanna make sure that my partner partner has that same mindset, but I also do not have a poverty mindset. So I don't grasp onto money and hold on to it as if no more money is going to come in because I think money is like water. It, it ebbs and flows. It comes in and, and it goes out, right? You just want to make sure you have more coming in that's going out and that's how you stay above water. So um, you have to look at the mindset that they have about money and then also the mindset they have just about availability. So I go into everything with an abundance mindset right that there is always more than enough for me um, but if I have a partner that is always spending and never investing or doing something to help the money make 
more money, then that's where the issues arise. I don't think that money per se is, is the issue. I think it's more so the mindset that they have around money and then how they utilize money. And so that needs to be ironed out before we get married so that I know exactly what I'm getting into before we uh, we lock this thing down. Uh, one so. time for the abundance mindset. Get Absolutely. to the money, honey. Uh, but Nate, I, f- I feel like you know, hearing these stories, uh, you know, I went to your wedding. Um, you know, I've been a part of your life for a long time. And just kind of, do you think it was about money? And yep. you think that like ultimately this, these are the issues? Money was probably 90% of the issue. Um, one of the things is that, you know, she always wanted a joint account, right? And it's not like I had an issue with giving her doing a joint account with her, right? Yeah, it's not a joint account if the joints yeah, aren't right. adding equal dollars. It's not equal, yeah. But with that said, she had access to whatever she needed. It's not like I, you know, I've, I've only started saying no towards the end, and that's when she made a decision to go see a lawyer. And that's, you know, that that particular situation takes on a life on its own once they go see a lawyer because the lawyer sells them this dream, right? Um, I cleared her debt when we started dating seriously, right? Mm-hmm. I bought her a car, I took care of her finances, and then when we got married, uh, about six months into it, I was like, hey, I want I want to keep building your credit just in case anything goes down, you have credit too, right? Right. And I started looking into, into her credit cards and I'm like, even though she had access to a lot of my money, I was like, oh, you ranked up another 40,000 like in six months, like wow. this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, look, I'm gonna take care of that. I'm gonna take care of that one more time. But please, if you need something and you feel like, um, you feel like uh, you can't afford it, let me know so we can have that conversation instead. But she always felt like, well, you know, I, I'm married to you. So if you go buy something, I should buy something, right? When I move, you move. So it was always a competition, but the competition was with my money. She wasn't bringing any money in, right? So let's say I feel good. I did something good to myself. I made some money and I'm out with you and you're buying something. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I buy a pair of jeans. Hypothetically speaking, let's say they're $600. I come home. She's like, what did you buy? I bought a pair of jeans. All right, cool. Next day, she feels obligated to go buy herself something, right? Without letting me know. Eventually, I'm going to have to pay. So if I know that I'm buying a pair of jeans that's $600, that I'm going to have to pay for another pair of jeans that's $600, I'll think twice before doing that. Right. right. So there was, so there's that misunderstanding, um, and part of it maybe it was my fault. I'm not, I'm not, you know, putting all the fault at her, but you know, in my mind, it's like you have a brand new car, you have a nice brand new house, you have a brand new car, anything you want, we can have a conversation about. It. But she felt like, why should I have a conversation about it? Or you, you just do it. In my, I spend. Right, and sometimes we get cut up because of the industry we work in. We keep it moving. We don't have time to explain that you just want to buy yourself a brand new Rolex. You really like it's not. I know it sounds crazy, but like sometimes when you're in a, a moving parts and you're taking people out to dinners, and that was another issue. Like, well, you just bought so and so dinner. I'm like, yeah, but that's business. There's also there needs to be a separation. In, in a relationship between business and personal right. and sometimes females don't understand that 
Got you. What do you think about that, Kelly Ware? I do agree with him um, where he said that there should be a separation between personal and business, especially if um, the husband and wife are not working in the business together. Um, because what he does for business can be written off on the taxes. Right. What you do personally, sis, that's not a business right Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes, Kelly, yes. And so um, I think that, but again, those are conversations that have to be had, right? The me versus we requires communication. You've got to talk. Um, and it can't be one-sided in the communication but there has to also be comprehension in that communication right and so um just real quick just one i'm gonna add something what you just said is right on point if a person doesn't come from the right class you can have all the conversations you want with that person they will not understand it and that's where the issue comes in you know if that person's never had it has never been around it then you can have all the conversations you want. They're just going to go right back to whatever they, they feel like doing. That boy keeps saying the word class. <laughs> You're not on my level. <laughs> That's but, but, true. That's but, true. And, but I think that even in that, with the conversation, there also maybe some orientation may need to be had for people that are not used to operating on that level. Maybe putting her around other people, uh, other wives, right? And then, oh, listen, um, sometimes it just ain't meant to be. How about that? And you come to that conclusion, however hard uh, that lesson you had to learn, sometimes it's just not meant to be. Um, and so no matter how much you try, right? You, the two of you are just not aligned. Um, and then, you know, the separation ends up being for the best. That's how it was with my ex-husband and I. We are better as friends and as pips, partners in parenting. He's my pip. Okay, um, something today. <laughs> but we are better as co-parents than we were as husband and wife. I came to the realization a year into the marriage that our sole purpose for coming together was to create the beautiful human that we created right? right and that was it that marriage was not necessarily for us it took me eight years <laughs> later to get oh. out of the marriage um but sometimes it just is not meant to be and there's nothing wrong with that but i wanted to make sure even in that separation right that i was still focused on we because right. we encompassed him myself and my son and i wanted to make sure that it was amicable so that i could also display to my child how to break up properly without right. uh doing damage to the other person and running the other person down right so listen i think that this is going to help someone entering a relationship because i need people to understand and we need people to understand as a community the importance of knowing what you are signing up for message we often have these thoughts about things that are unrealistic. Life comes at you 800 million ways and it doesn't give you a warning. It doesn't give you the smoke signal like, hey, and it's shooting you out the air, okay? And I saw this, um, big shout out to my crew, Tommy and Cody over at uh, Black Love. I saw this. A clip, and I want to share this clip with you guys. One of the things I understand about marriage is that it's the everyday. People don't always marry the everyday. They marry the kind of now, kind of wow, and then it gets to the every single day, the going to bed, the waking up, the taking the grocery, 
getting the groceries, taking out the garbage, and loving each other through that. And I remember telling a friend of mine who was about to get married, I said, your marriage doesn't start when you say I do. Your marriage starts when you look over at your partner and you want to kill him. You want it, you're looking at them going for, for seconds or sometimes minutes or longer, <laughs> just thinking, I cannot believe I married this human being. They are driving me crazy. And then the next minute you say, I love them more than anything and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I, um, first of all, one time for Viola Davis, um, Woman King in theaters now. Uh, but she said, kinda now, kinda wow. That's that, that's that early on, ooh wee. You know what I'm talking about? Like you getting head on the way home from the airport. Ooh, you, you, you're doing the back flips and you, your scissors, strength, vicious grip, neck hold with the power driver. You're doing all that. And then you really not marrying every day. You, you get so caught up in the kinda now, kinda wow that you're not in the everyday mode. And Ebony, I want you to get your pen, but you're not in the everyday mode of really what has to happen. And me personally, I feel like you gotta like the person. Love is a commitment. Love is something that grows. Love is something that develops. You got to like the person. You know what I mean? And you know, Ebony, I know you, you know, you were sworn in gang style with your husband because y'all gangsters over there. But I really <laughs> You know, I believe that. Like, and you can attest, I mean, you married. How do you feel about that? Um, absolutely true. So, you know, when you're first married, you know, you're screwing, smashing, you know, six, seven times, you know, on the weekend, seven times, you know, but after a while, life happens, right? Wait, hold on. T hold on. I'm sorry. Wait, Debbie, you said six, seven times on the weekend. That's You count Thursday into the weekend or you just Friday and Saturday? Uh Friday and Saturday. You know, hey, I had to get it in. But to fast forward to that, life happens. And so I'll use myself in, as an example. When I was diagnosed with cancer and started going through chemo, that was the one of the ugliest times in my life. You know, I was throwing up, I lost my hair, I was bald headed. Um, and my partner was my caretaker. And so had it been just for, oh, you know, I married him, you know, cause he swing from the ceilings and bend me over through that time, that would have been gone, right? Right. That part made me realize, okay, we're in it for the long haul because life has happened. Some shit has jumped off. Do I wake up some mornings now and like, why are you still breathing? Because I'm pissed. Not why are you still breathing? This is on tape and will be regurgitated. I mean, but. I'm just being real. I took something from what you and Jess said, uh, I believe is on Black Love. Now I use the petty zone. So The petty zone is a real place, ladies and gentlemen. And it's okay to venture in there sometime to get it out, get it off your chest. Right, and that, that has helped me tremendously. Like, okay, dude, we can ready to enter the petty zone. So what's said in the petty zone? stays in the petty zone. Leave that shit in the petty zone. Don't bring it out the petty zone into your bed, into the kitchen while she frying them potatoes. Don't do that. Absolutely. So I I agree with the clip um, wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And actually Nate Dogg and I were with another friend smoking some uh, Cubans the other night uh, who's also going through a separation. And Nate had posed the question. You know, I'm up there like, ask her this one question, because if you ask her that question, it's going to answer it all. And they said, nah, nah, ask her 
if she'll wipe your ass if you needed to be taken care of. I was like, whoa. Message. And, and Nate, like you hit it over the head. I mean, you gave a lot more great advice, uh, not so vulgar, but that was very poignant though, because that is a real statement. Like when you married to somebody, you have a significant other and you worried about all the frivolous things and you not worried about whether she'll wipe your ass, he'll wipe your ass. That's what to get to, to EB's credit and point and to her husband's credit. I mean, she went through cancer. You don't know if you're coming back from that. Like that's why Layla James, I hope my I hope my son marries her. This man got crack in his head the size of Gibraltar. He done, you know, ain't playing basketball this year. You know, she don't know what's gonna happen in the future. She in the bed with him at the hospital, at the house. She coming over, taking Uber, however she can get to this man. But I'm sorry, I just got a little good news today about Kyle too. But anyway, so Nate, talk about that because we had a really good discussion. You know what I mean about our friend situation, but partnership is bigger than the, the you know the things look everything could be forgiven like far you know when you when you're in a marriage it's you know you're gonna mess up she's gonna mess up all that's gonna come and go you guys gonna argue you're gonna have heated arguments all that but at the end of the day do you really feel like that person is going to be there when you are sick and you can provide and you can do certain things that you were able to do right so that's the most important thing like people are gonna pass on you know you're gonna have to deal with emotions you're gonna have to deal with things you have kids you know kids are gonna get into trouble you know things it's life right i've been rich i've been poor you know that you know the story you know same with everybody right uh there's ups and downs it's easy to be with a person when it's ups now when it's down that's a, that's when you test the waters you know covid i think uh definitely brought up a lot of uh downs right in people maybe not even financially but maybe emotionally people weren't able to get out of the house people weren't able to uh do their usual routines right so you know so people weren't themselves people stopped taking showers people stopped dressing dressing up people start shaving stop shaving like there was all kinds of things so you start looking at your significant other like god damn you know like why they marry that look at that it's, you know it's a mess and you know and i'm not and i'm not just talking about females i'm talking about male too like like people wearing sweats you know that were wearing you know uh suits you know every single day you know people start gaining weight you know people you know there was all kinds of things right so you you gotta look past that physical and look at what how is this person inside is he gonna rile is he a rile die right if if you know god forbid you know you make a mistake in life and you don't pay your taxes and the feds come get you is she going to be the one coming to visit well hold she on Nate. that's that's a hell of a scenario right there is everything all right <laughs> no 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm just i'm just using it as an example i i know people that, that are honest good working people that made mistakes right and you know had had situations and their you know wives was like i can't deal with that i'm too good for that i can go see him in jail like you know for sure and i think a lot of them on that ppp scam um but i, I want to say this and and to to nate's credit to your credit kelly um for trying a partnership knowing you want a partnership the ones who are scared to jump will be lonely at the end of the day and the ones who keep perpetuating that 
you know, it's not going to be right for me. Um, my, you know, no one's coming to save me. Um, I, I can't. That's not. The, that's the defeatist attitude, and why people don't find love or find true happiness, which we all know starts with ourselves. That's that's number one. But then the partnership aspect, and I just kind of want to run this down, and I want to jump into the business side of me versus we. Um, but you know, I want to say to my people that. No one owes you anything in a relationship, but respect and companionship at the end of the day. Everything else you're gonna figure out together, everything. There's no blueprint on what's supposed to be a relationship or how, you know, um, you know, the good years are gonna, you know, hopefully overshine the bad. It's a constant journey in the right direction. And that's forward. When you steadily going back to the past, when you steadily reminding people like, you know, EB said about the petty zone, you go into the petty zone so you can get it all out. You got to know how somebody feeling, because guess what? If you do not know how they feeling, it's gonna come out in ways that's gonna destruct and destroy your relationship. So you have to get there and get the stuff out. But keep in mind, the petty zone is only used if you, you know what I'm saying, a small fraction of the time. You can't live in the petty zone and expect to have a functioning relationship. Now, let me define petty. Petty is constant jokes when shit ain't funny. Amen. Amen. Petty is, you know I feel a certain way about something. But yet you gonna keep reminding me of the same thing? Amen. Amen. Petty is, you know I've told you several times on how I wanna be treated. But yet you still do what you wanna do. These are things you might not be able to come back from. Message. And I'm sure there's another list uh, that you could add to. Please do uh, in the comments. But ladies and gentlemen, I wanna um, shift this a little bit into the me versus we business side of things. We're all entrepreneurs on this call. We're all you know, uh, thought leaders and in, 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 in trying to add extensions to our income. And one of the things I've learned most about, you know, uh, my business acumen was through this pandemic. You know, my superpower had always been the ability to deal with people. Um, my purpose actually is people, pouring into them teaching them what I know, showing them ways that they can't see for themselves. That, you know, outside of all the pictures and all the glossy, you know, amazing outfits and all the things that I wow you with, that's not my real superpower. My real superpower is this, having conversations that mean something to somebody, putting things in perspective. And I want my friends, people that look up to me and follow me to add that to their me versus we, because you can't have a business, ladies and gentlemen, let alone a relationship, we just talked about that. You can't have a business, a flourishing business, a purpose-driven business, if you're not including your employees, or if you're not honoring the people you work with, if you're not pouring into the people you work with. One of the things that I have taken into entrepreneurship, um, I'm expanding my team as we speak um, because I'm moving into um, a different area um, within my industry, is as the leader of the organization, I'm the biggest servant in the organization. Even though I'm leading the organization, I'm there to serve the people that work with me. I don't even say that they work for me, they work with me. They just have different roles within the organization. And so uh, if you have that me only mentality in business, you're gonna find 
find yourself very soon and shortly by yourself. Uh, just like people don't owe you anything in a relationship, your employees don't owe you anything in business. And how you treat them will determine how they show up in the workplace. Now, let me say this. As an entrepreneur, if you have not done the work on yourself, your trauma will show up in your business. Message. And so I encourage every leader, every entrepreneur, every CEO to have a, a life coach, um, a trauma coach, a therapist, somebody that they can go to, to get the foolishness out, unearth their authenticity so that they can show up as they truly are. KB, one of my favorite things about you is that you are authentic. You are you, no matter where you go, who you're talking to, but that also uh, plays out in the way that you operate in business, right? So there's a certain level of integrity that you operate with, right? But that came from how you were raised and doing the necessary work on yourself. So um, you've got to have that me mentality of taking care of yourself, doing what you have to do um, to make sure that you are healthy mentally and physically when you show up in business because what's in you mentally and physically will always come out of you. But then the we is being a servant of those who work with you, right? Understanding that the janitor in the building is just as important as the VP in the building because you can VP all day long, you can CEO all day long, but if that building is, is so up, if it's dirty, if it's not disinfected, everybody goes home sick. So even though uh, we don't all have the same role, every role is equitably important. Not equally important, but equitably important, so. Child, I had me to do it, I busted the move. Um, Ebony, you know, you're one of the most consistent people since the pandemic and checking on me, you know? And that's how I know you lead with civility, you know what I mean? And just the mindset that, you know, if, if someone inspires you or pours into you, you're going to pour back. And if they don't, you're going to, you know, because it's a strong person that they don't tend to check on, you know what I mean? Which are normally us, the leaders of organizations and our households and things like that. But I appreciate that about you. I want to tell you that first and foremost. Uh, I'll lay somebody down for you. And, um, but, but I want you to speak to that uh, because it's important. You know, the, the pouring in has to be mutually attainable, I think, in, in relationships, especially business and personal office. Definitely mutual. Um, however, and it goes to what Kelly was saying, everyone has a part in a business, right? If you look at a tree, a tree is a business, but you have the branches that do their thing and you have the roots that do their own thing. So they have separate things to do, but they make up the whole tree, right? So that's just like a business. And going back to what Kelly said about, about trauma, doing the line of work that I do, it could be easily um, possible for me to be servicing a client and have a flashback of my own trauma, right? I have to constantly do the work to address my trauma and make sure my trauma is healed before pouring into my client. Message. So it takes all of that, right? It takes me and, and the client working together to heal so that when the client is healed, they can continue to do the mission of the Air Force. It's bigger than my client. It's, it's a whole entity. Nice, I just saw Top Gun too, by the way. Very good movie. I wasn't. I didn't think it was a couple billion dollar movie. That I don't know if anybody else saw, but that's just my opinion. But Nate Dogg, I um, 
I respect you probably more than I respect anybody in our business. And I'm going to tell, tell everybody why. I met Nate when he was 15 years old outside of Mr. Child in Los Angeles, California. If you've never been to Mr. Child, I suggest you go stuff your face immediately. Um, some of the best Chinese food I've ever had. Um, but Nate used to sell candy outside of uh, Mr. Child. Nate went from that to being Andre Harrell, my mentor. I mean, he's done many things. But I'm gonna give you a fast track version. But he went on to be Andre Harrell's driver. He became the number one Ciroc boy in the world with the Sean Combs Wine and Spirits. He is a hustler's hustler, and he's not the type of person that is gonna go one side. Although he's come up in entertainment, he has all types of business. He's behind JD's Vegan Ice Cream, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so he's, you know, a hustler's hustler. And I want to commend you, Nate, because you completely understand the value of relationships and what those relationships can do for you. And I just want you to tell a listening entrepreneur, man, like, you know, you do the grunt work. You don't do the pretty work. You know what I mean? You let me be pretty and you do all the, you know, the grunt work. And I just, I salute you for that. But I want you to talk to an up and coming hustler like yourself that kind of looks at this Instagram age and this digital age is, is, is almost like they got to be a part of something that's not innately them. How do you feel about that? What advice would you give them? You got to look deeper into every single Instagram post and there, there's too much fake stuff, right? Bottom line. So they, they got to look into it and really think twice if this thing is real or not, right? Everybody got to start from somewhere. If something is given to somebody, they will not be able to hold on to it, right? So unless you know, someone can give me a CEO job, right? But if I'm not built to be a CEO, I'm gonna lose it all, right? So I'm better off starting somewhere on the bottom and working my way up if that's what I wanna be. If I wanna be a CEO, just cause I know somebody, right? I can't make that call and say, hey, I heard there's a CEO position open, can I have it? No, even if that person is dumb enough to give it to me, I'm gonna mess everything up. So you have to know your ability and there's nothing wrong with starting on the bottom and working your way up and knowing every single position and feeling. So when you do become a CEO, you have some sort of uh, emotional attachment to every single one of your employees because you know what they takes to do that job because you've been there. Know what they bring to the table. People used to always like, why are you showing so, so much favoritism to Nate? Why are you always Nate? I'm like, because you won't do the work he does. You don't even know how to go do that work. You don't have the skill set. You might be a VP. You might be. I would pick Puff. I would pick uh, Nate Dog over Puff Daddy. I said it. I would because he is going to go through whatever it takes to get it done. So big shout out to you. But I want to um, begin to wrap this up because I think we've. Thank you. We've reached some um, pivotal moments in this conversation. Uh, one was kind of now, kind of wow. If you want to be out here and you for the now and the wow, like the uh, legend Viola Davis said in that clip I played for y'all today, you're not going to get what you came for. Two, um, Kelly, where you said it, bringing trauma into your business it's self-destruction waiting to happen. Amen. You have to figure out how to alleviate the bullshit before you come in the door. Ladies and gentlemen, do not bring your problems to your place of business. It's just not conducive for success. Uh, like Ebony was saying about her job and the analogy about the tree with the Air Force. I mean, 
you know, everybody has their part. There are different branches on a tree, but the nucleus is the roots in that base that's going to hold, you know, the, you know, the, the, the tree down is going to have you still and cemented in what you are there to do. Don't get caught up in, I mean, definitely get caught up with the branches are doing, but at the same time, don't get caught up in losing that you are the base of your organization. I think that's what you were trying to say, right? You'd be like, you, if you're the base of your organization, you got to stand firm. Um, what else did you guys learn? I'll go to each one of you. And if you got something out of today's conversation that you want to share really quickly, I'll start with you, E.B. Uh, first, Nate, good luck on your journey. Um, Kelly, good luck with your next journey, too. Hint, hint. Um, and KB and Tiff, thank you so much for this opportunity. And um, it was just, it's just something you have to regurgitate and process. You know, I'm a processor, so, um, but everyone had awesome points and and it was just a good conversation and i enjoyed it so thank you our pleasure nate dog i'm just gonna add a quick thing um you just brought up and i think kelly also brought it up that no one owes you anything in the relationship business or personal right unfortunately in today's world you have lawyers so if you have a dysfunctional employee and you end up firing them they go to the lawyers and destroy the business and vice versa you have a bad marriage the, the woman goes to the lawyer, the lawyer sells her the dream, and now your whole business and your whole finances are messed up. And that's just unfortunate, you know, world we live in. You know, that's, you know, I just I just wanted to add that. Yes, logically speaking, no one, you know, no one owes you anything, but the lawyers will think otherwise. And the system is. Uh, Nate, we're wishing is. you well, brother. We um, ho- hope that this doesn't come <laughs> to be... You know I have to do this. We, we love you. We love you. I love you too. Kelly, where? KB, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, one of the things that I took away from today's episode is class. And a lot of times people don't think about that, right? Yes, Nate. Yes, Nate. The class. I, I, and I wanted him to explain it because I, I knew he didn't mean, but you know, some people, what do you mean class? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're But you're right. You do gotta keep it is. that in mind. You have to, and it's not about being classist, right? Not thinking that you're better than a person who is less fortunate than you. That's not what the aim of this conversation is about, but it is about understanding that if a person comes from a different class than you, then their mentality about life, about relationships, about money, the me versus we, their mentality surrounding all of that is going to be different than yours. Message. Different does not always mean out of alignment, right? Perspectives just perhaps need to be shifted, to be refined, to be reframed um, in order to ensure that you guys can come together and move forward as a unit. But you've got to consider class. Um, and that's not something that I brought into my vetting process, but I'm definitely taking that away today and I'm going to include that. So, oh boy, may or may not make it. We got to have to talk about class. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I want to thank you all for joining me today. Um, a bunch of nuggets. Uh, you guys are invaluable. Um, and listen, this is episode five, me versus we from the TKBS Nation Conversations. I love y'all in real life. I'll see you very soon. The, 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 the dream is real. <laughs>